Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology show that comes out every new and full moon. And this episode is all about the Sagittarius new moon that occurs on December 4th, 2021 at 3.43 a.m. This new moon is a solar eclipse, so it suggests something new and very powerful beginning. A new moon eclipse opens an energy portal that influences us for six months. So this is potent energy and a time when manifestation is more possible, especially if you have any personal planets at or near 12 degrees Sagittarius, which is where this new moon occurs. But before we get into all of the juicy details and specifics of this potent new moon, I have a couple of announcements and event reminders. A couple of promotions I have going on. Um, I'm doing a pop-up with Fossil in the Hide on the winter solstice here in Atlanta and still have a few spaces available for in-person mini readings. If you would like one, head over to bloodmoonmilk.com. There is a link in the menu for you to book and make sure that you book request your appointment and pay. If you don't pay, I can't guarantee your spot. Um, I'll do my best, but just because of the nature of the event, um, I don't want to be worrying about people paying me in person on the day. It'll be much easier to have everybody paid in advance and coming and then just enjoying their time. Also, I still have spaces for my astrology of 2022 virtual workshop, which will happen on January 2nd. And right now they are discounted with the code 2022 when you check out just the numbers of the year. And also personal transit reports are available and are 25% off from now until the end of the year. And there's no promo code necessary for that. Just head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and they're there in the sidebar. Those transit reports are some of the most popular services I've provided over the years. And now they are 25% off and they're a whole year of reports. Um, Each one is usually around or a little more than 120 pages, quite detailed, and it's nice to have. You know, you might not look at it every single day, but when you're having a particularly rough day, it's nice to be able to look at and be like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. It will pass. Just hang in there. It's a nice reminder. So anyway, let's refresh our memory of Sagittarius energy and look at the energy surrounding this potent new moon solar eclipse. Sagittarius is the most advanced fire sign and fire is creative energy at its core. It burns with anticipation and its desire to do things. Think of a fire's flame. It dances, it can bounce, it can lick the air with desire. It simply moves to its own little rhythm. It ebbs and flows kind of like water, but it is, in its essence, creative. Fire energy is associated with doing versus thinking, feeling, or being analytical. It loves to be active and Indeed, it needs a certain amount of physical exertion to be healthy. A lazy fire sign is going to be very quickly a 
sick fire sign or simply one that feels overwhelmed by life. In any case, a healthy fire sign will need to be fiery in the world. This can be expressed in a lot of ways through thrill-seeking or adventure or sexual conquest or creative works of art. Fire energy can be exhausting to be around though, as it can literally burn itself out if it's not careful. Fire elementals in general tend to come on strong and have a willingness to do battle for the things they believe in, which that inherently uh, can fuel its fire. Fire energy can also steal energy from others if it's not careful. However, this is more likely to occur with Leo and Aries than with Sagittarius because Sagittarius is the mutable fire sign. This is one reason why earth and water signs tend to be less enthusiastic around fire energy. They tend to like colder uh, temperatures. Um, it's more stable and harmonizing for them. Um, and this is why fire signs and air signs are so sympathetic to each other because air, of course, feeds fire. Um, and together they can create something quite revolutionary and creative. Mutable signs tend to end things. They help to dissolve one energy into the elements and parts needed for change to occur. So some might look at this as destructive and of course indeed fire can be very destructive if left unchecked, but more often it's change that needs to naturally occur to create space for new growth. You can think of this as anything from uh, a forest fire where, you know, a forest fire might seemingly be very destructive, but after the fact, it leaves room for new things to flourish that otherwise would have been suffocated by the prior landscape. So, or you can think of this as, um, when you are breathing, an inhale can be thought of as a cardinal sign, this new direction, this um, impulse for creative new change. Um, and then when you are pausing your breath between inhale and exhalation, that can be thought of as a fixed sign. And of course, mutable is that exhalation. It is the transference of one element one thing into another. It's kind of magical, but it is all about change. And that makes mutable signs much more adaptable than cardinal or fixed signs. So think of Sagittarius energy as a creative change agent. Sagittarius needs to Grand ideas, visions of change and possibility to get its fires burning bright. Sagittarius is ruled by the planet Jupiter, who would have been in his own right a sun if only he had a little bit more mass, but he is indeed a fiery planet. I recently posted this really cool picture of Jupiter from NASA that was uh, like a heat map of the planet. and. It looks like fiery marble, it's so pretty, but you can tell it really is hot under all of those clouds of gases. It's pretty cool. But if Jupiter had been a sun, it would have made Earth uninhabitable. So it's a good thing that its fires 
are somewhat contained. In ancient Greek and Roman mythology, Jupiter was thought of as Zeus and was the king of the gods. And Sagittarius is the optimist whose flames of hope and warmth it wishes to fan far and wide, inspiring others to cultivate their own flames and passions. Inspiring others to cultivate their own passions, keeping the blaze of inspiration alight. Sagittarius is represented by the archer and the centaur. The word Sagittarius in Latin actually means to be armed with bows and arrows. It is with conviction that an archer aims its arrows, and indeed, conviction of beliefs is Sagittarius's calling card. It believes it knows best and what is right, and it's hard to convince a Sagittarius of anything, um, but they do love to debate the possibilities. The representation of the centaur reminds us that Sagittarius is required to be two opposite, seemingly contradictory things at once. It's half human and half wild animal, yet reason and higher education are the thing that tames this wild, magical beast. So let's look at the astrology surrounding this new moon in Sag so we can make the most of it. This looks like a very nice new moon, although it is an eclipse, which means drama and exciting developments. New portals of possibility will open, and that's going to be really exciting, um, especially if you have personal planetary placements within 10 degrees of that 12 degree mark of Sagittarius. So that could put you in, uh, you know, at two degrees of Sagittarius, as early on in the sign as that, or all the way to 22 degrees Sagittarius. So there's a good chance that if you are a Sag born in the first half of the month, that you have something that will be touched by this new moon in some way. So make sure that you check out your natal chart and just identify where 12 degrees Sagittarius is for you and just keep an eye out for potential developments there. All right, let's look at what's going on during this new moon. So when I look at the chart for this new moon and the chart is on the website, if you want to see what it is that I am looking at, head over to bloodmoonmilk.com. It will be there for you to check out. Um, but what I'm looking at is the moon and the sun conjunct at 12 degrees, 22 minutes in Sagittarius at, in the third house. So Mercury is there very close by at 15 degrees. And that tells me that this new moon is going to be all about communication, communication, communication. So, and why is that? Why? Well, Mercury's there conjunct, but it's in the third house, which is also a house that's ruled by Mercury. So Mercury is very much at home here, um, but Mercury is in Sagittarius, which is not Mercury's favorite place to be, but because he is in his own house, um, it's a kind of mutual reciprocation. So I think that there's going to be a lot of communication, a lot of contacts, a lot of knowing what's going on and just wanting to feel connected. Um, 
and through the grapevine, through conversations with other people, you'll be able to perhaps open doors for possibilities in other areas of your life. Um, but I think this kind this communication comes with a certain amount of self-righteousness, which is the definition of Mercury and Sag. Mercury and Sag doesn't really like to listen to other people. That is Gemini's domain. Gemini loves to listen to what other people think. Mercury and Sag is going to tell you exactly what it thinks, and it kind of doesn't care what you have to say in response. It will just talk and talk and talk until the cows come home. Um, and this can be exhausting to listen to, um, but it could just inspire action because you could be exhausted from hearing somebody just drone on and on and on. And you look at somebody from across the room and you're like, Ugh, can we just get out of here? <laughs> and you and that person go off and you have your own conversations where you're looking at that first person like they're crazy. But that mutual perspective could create something entirely new that otherwise just would not have happened. So certainly interesting themes and possibilities surrounding communication. So it's a good time to get out, reconnect with people in your social groups, um, depending on where you live and how, you know, the pandemic numbers are. Do what you feel like makes sense to you. Be safe, of course. Um, it's hard to make magic happen when you're feeling like crap. So just... Keep in mind, you know, safety first. But with that in mind, uh, we've got some nice harmonies here from, we've got Chiron here at eight degrees in Aries, which Chiron is the centaur that was thought of as the wounded healer. And honestly, there's a lot of energy uh, between uh, Sagittarius and Chiron, they're they're similar creatures in some aspects. Um, but Chiron here is at eight degrees, so he's some at eight degrees Aries rather, and so he is still sextile and talking harmoniously to this new moon, which means that it could be a shared. Um, historical wound in some way that brings you close together with new people or potential new opportunities, new friendships, new relationships, um, talking about the past and sharing perspectives on pain that you might have learned um, from when you were going through your own troubled times could help illuminate somebody else's path forward for them and make you feel like your pain was somewhat not in vain. You were able to help other people out because of the things that you learned and your willingness to share from it. So that's one possibility there. Um, so let's see, what else do we have? Venus is very closely conjunct Pluto at 22 degrees Capricorn. Pluto is at 25 degrees Capricorn. And so not totally exact, but very, very close, which suggests there could be issues in the financial markets um, surrounding the energy of this new moon. And this could be uh, like 
both good and bad. It's kind of hard to say, but Pluto is extremes. So it's like the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And when Venus, the planet of inspiration and creativity and love and romance, is very close to Pluto, it just suggests that there could be drama in the places that they touch. And in this chart for this new moon, we're seeing Venus and Pluto in the fourth house. And this, so when I look at the chart for a new moon or a full moon, um, any kind of lunation event, that is the public's chart, right? Um, if you want to know more about your chart and how it falls into it, you have to look at your chart and then how the chart falls on top of your chart. So there could just generally be issues at home between um, men and women, money, uh, and how to spend money on the home front, how that power is controlled um, in a very uh, kind of public way. This could be something like a domestic violence um, news story. You know, I, I hope not, but it's the kind of public eye that we see, um, this, the public spotlight, if you will, being shown onto potential areas of, of trouble. Um, and it could be good things too. It, it's just extreme. It's extreme developments in terms of power and romance and finances. Um, and so it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It could be somebody comes into a huge windfall of money and needs to figure out how to use it wisely. Perhaps they do something silly with it um, that other people just don't agree with, but it could be very public in that way. Um, but it still has this very domestic kind of vibration to it because it is in the fourth house of this chart for the new moon. So let's look at Jupiter next. Jupiter is at 25 degrees Aquarius and I mentioned Pluto briefly earlier. He's at 25 degrees Capricorn. So what does that mean? That means that these two very powerful planets are 30 degrees apart from each other. That actually is a very creative and a harmonious place for these two planets to be. So it could be really big developments. Um, I mean, Jupiter likes to expand everything he touches. And when he talks to Pluto, he expands that drama. Now this, can be a good thing, and again, it can be a bad thing. The highs can be very high, the lows can be very, very low. It's just massive, massive drama and developments. And usually within um, an, a, a new moon eclipse, we see these developments happening within 10 days of the lunation, within the event. Um, 10 days before or after, depending on your particular chart and where things are hitting. Sometimes very intuitive people can see them uh, as much as a month ahead of time, but I think it is more likely that you'll feel these effects within 10 days. Um, but that's not to say that 
this influence will be over in 10 days. That could just be the beginning of a story that continues to play out over the next six months. So look for big time developments. Um, that's very, very strong energy. And in a way, it's kind of telling me like this is a neon sign, look, like neon event. <laughs> um, big developments on the horizon. And Jupiter wants to do good things. Jupiter is optimistic. He wants everybody to be happy and have a good time, but Pluto is all about power and control. And so while Jupiter is an Aquarius, he's very forward thinking and wants to do what's right for humanity as a whole. Um, but he's willing to go take the path less traveled to find those answers. And so Sagittarius is um, supportive of that. Sagittarius is like, you want to go on the path less traveled? Here's your passport. Here's a ticket. Go. Tell me all about the things you find. Um, if this is really a case of Aquarius air energy fanning the Sagittarian flame, so there could be real happy developments from this but these are not the the jupiter rather is not exactly um talking to this new moon however it's very very close to where mars is at 23 degrees scorpio um not close they're very far away but jupiter's at 25 degrees aquarius Mars is at 23 degrees Scorpio. So that is um, difficult energy. It's They're square to each other. And this can lead to hasty judgment calls. And you can find yourself quite literally in hot water. Could be... Um, that you're, you're really motivated to get things done, but because you are so motivated, you might overlook some details. Jupiter kind of does look at the big picture, um, but Mars in Scorpio wants all the details. So make sure that you are really, truly dotting your I's and crossing your T's during this time period. Um, this could also be suggestive that um, when you're out there socializing and talking to people, you become your own worst enemy in some ways. Um, this could be indicative of a bit of that old foot and mouth disease, like, oh man, I wish I hadn't said that thing because that thing just killed any momentum that I had going. And, it, you know, it just, like, really think about what you say before you say it. And sometimes it is truly best just to not say anything if it's not nice or you don't have anything positive to contribute. So, um, self-discipline is something that I think everyone will just benefit from during this time. Um, Jupiter likes to be very gregarious, outgoing, and expansive, but if he's uh, allowed to kind of carry away with that, his energy can just overflow and sort of flood into areas where it 
there really does need to be that containment, which is where Saturn comes in. Saturn is at nine degrees Aquarius. So he is actually in a very harmonious aspect with this new moon, which suggests that the things that develop can have long lasting, stabilizing influences. Saturn rules all things that is concrete and uh, enduring. So there could be some <laughs> conversations that happen that open doors to a future that, you know, without these conversations having had happened, that that future just wouldn't have been possible. And it could be very, very long lasting, but I think there will be a certain amount of self-discipline that's required to deal with that. Um, that sense of uh, expansiveness that Jupiter is gonna bring to this party. And then also, we look, we move on from Saturn to Uranus. Uranus has been in Taurus for quite some time. He's currently retrograde at 11 degrees Taurus. But if you recall, our new moon is at 12 degrees of Sagittarius. So Uranus will be in kind of a harsh aspect to this new moon. Um, this inconjunction is um, can make it difficult to accept anything that's sort of unorthodox, um, traditional traditional like roles, gender roles, um, societal roles, the way things have worked and are working are the way things that people will feel most comfortable with during this time. And it's, um, it might not be the best idea to publicly express your unique quirks. Um, but this doesn't mean this is always going to be the case. This is just specifically for this period of time. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, discernment is key to being able to read a room um, and to know when to let your freak flag fly and versus like when to just, um, you know, you have like keep your interests to yourself a little bit more. This is one of those times you are probably gonna be better served by keeping your more unusual interests to yourself. So just be aware. Um, and especially if you're in a newer environment, say you're in a new job or a new social setting that you're not quite comfortable in just yet, it could be to your benefit in the long run just to, you know, like read the room a little bit before you entirely just come out guns a-blazing. This is who I am. So you don't alienate people who could actually be allies down the line. Um, and that's just this transit for this period of time. Personally, I'm a big fan of being like, yo, this is who I am. If you don't like that, then you can go away. But I also have 
grown up a little over the years and have learned to appreciate that there are people who bring a lot of value and stability to my life who would simply be turned off by that. But that doesn't mean they're necessarily bad people or coming from a bad place, but you just have to read the room and be discerning of your audience. So keep that in mind during this new moon. And then let's look at what's going on with Neptune. Neptune is still in Pisces and he's at 20 degrees of Pisces during this new moon. And so he's in his home sign and he's really close to Venus here. Um, well, I mean, close to being at 22 degrees where Venus is in Capricorn, your Neptune is at 20 degrees in Pisces. So Venus is in Earth sign, advanced Earth sign Capricorn, very tradition loving. And Neptune at 20 degrees Pisces is in his home sign, very intuitive and flowing and really wants that, um, that freedom of emotional expression. But Venus is here in Capricorn to help foster that. Um, and give some sort of structure to allow Neptune to connect with the higher octaves of divine creativity, self-expression, and universal oneness. Neptune tends to represent the blissful at like one mint of the universe, but also it expresses confusion and uh, can very much be dis all about disillusionment. So there could be um, real disillusions when it comes to money or how to make it or how to blend your feminine talents with the masculine polarity that's Pluto right there at 25 degrees Capricorn, but also not getting lost with it. Um, so that's really the thing that I see. Um, Neptune will be trying the midheaven of this chart. Um, this chart's at 20 degrees or So Neptune will be sextile to Venus, which suggests there is a real possibility for a new beginning where it comes to romance um, and most likely like a very sweet, kind, gentle, loving kind of energy. It could also be a good time to share your creative, your creative pursuits um, with your partners, but also more publicly as well. It's okay to ask for support being your most creative self. Partners see something in you and want to um, help make you feel good. So if you haven't asked for help in the past, it could be a good time to consider asking for it during this new moon from your romantic partner to help showcase your creative talents in one way or another. You might be surprised at how willing and enthusiastic they are to show up for you. 
And lastly, uh, this is a partial solar eclipse and we're getting out of the, so this is the last eclipse in the Sagittarius-Gemini axis. We're very shortly going to be moving on into the Scorpio-Taurus axis and that will be a very powerful shift when it happens, especially especially when that north node conjuncts Uranus next in the next year, year and a half or so. Um, so those will be very exciting times indeed. But for now, for this eclipse season, um, we're just starting something very new and exciting. And I encourage you to get out there and talking to your friends, your family, your social networks, because you just never know where an opportunity might come from, especially during this very potent energetic time. So how do we use this energy? Let's look at our questions for mindfulness, meditation, manifestation, and also tips, tricks, um, crystals, and all that goodness in just a moment. So when it comes to chakras to focus on during this new moon, I see a real emphasis on communication. And as Sagittarius loves to chat and Mercury is conjunct this new moon, that tells me there's a lot of communication going around, a lot of things to, to listen to. So instead of focusing on the throat chakra, which I mean, you're welcome to incorporate so, of course, you're welcome to incorporate the throat chakra into your meditation as well. But I wanted to point out that we do have ear chakras. And I think this is a great time to tune up the ear chakras because this new moon could make it difficult for us to listen. Um, so I, I suggest we give ourselves a little tune-up to get the most out of this potent energy so we don't miss any of the important information being relayed to us. And if you don't know or you haven't worked with the ear chakras before, they are located to located next to and slightly above each ear. This energy center holds powers of clear audience communication and divine connection it's considered to be a single chakra despite being present in two locations um, and this energy center is responsible for our ability to hear beyond the material world in addition to our capacity to hear deeper truths in words spoken in this physical realm so it can help us to read between the lines and to hear messages in words that aren't spoken and to help absorb divine or spiritual messages from the universe. So I think that is an exciting uh, place to be working at during your meditation for this new moon and crystals to help um, clear up any energy blocks could that could be present in you um, would I think selenite would be a good one also smudging yourself beforehand uh, since this is a fiery new moon I think smoke 
clearing the space can help to knock out some of those blockages um, so that more clear messages can come through for you. Um, but also other crystals in general that I think could help benefit anybody during this new moon. Um, fluorite to help stay focused. Sagittarius can be very scattered and a little disorganized. So fluorite can help to ameliorate that. Um, and also natural citrine. It's just so joyful and it brings a lot of creative fire to the, the table. So those are your three crystals that I prescribe for this new moon. And here are your questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. How can I speak my truth without alienating my audience? What am I feeling drawn to philosophically? Have I received any important messages lately? Where am I feeling called to travel, to explore? This could be a physical place, or a mental realm, or even a course of study. What do I sense on the horizon concerning love and power in my life? How can I lovingly express my creative power and cultivate abundance. That's it for this episode. It's this Sagittarius's solar return. And if you are a Sagittarius and you would like a solar return reading, I would be happy to facilitate that for you. Head over to bloodmilk.com and book an astrotherapy session. I would be happy to speak to all of the Sagittariuses out there. And even if you're not a Sagittarius, you have some Sagittarius in your chart somewhere. So don't forget to take a look at your chart to know where this new moon is going to be showing up in your life. All the best. And until next time, I'm Aurora and this is Blood Moon Milk. Thank you for listening and feel free to share the show with your friends. Thanks. And until next time, bye.